Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pass It to Patrick. I'm your host, Patrick Cassidy. We have a great show for everyone today. Baseball is returning. This episode, we are going to focus on the draft. This is going to be a draft episode. Uh, Very excited about the trades that have happened recently. The Jets finally dealing Sam Darnold after uh, a long debate on whether they should keep him or not so happy for Sam Darnold he's going to the Carolina Panthers Panthers are getting a young mobile quarterback Um, can't wait to see what he does there in Carolina we're going to talk a little bit about that and how Matt Rule will utilize him so the Jets moved on and I want to just go ahead and segue into this Sam Darnold is now a Carolina Panther and I couldn't be happier for him so the Panthers They are in an interesting spot right now because they have Teddy Bridgewater still on their roster. Now, they have reportedly made it clear to Teddy that he can explore uh, his different options of where he would like to go. So they were all in on Teddy last year, but understandably, he didn't get everything they wanted to done. Matt Rule likes to open up the field and throw it deep, and I understand that. Teddy Bridgewater is more of a manager, and he's kind of a bridge. Now, whether they keep him for this year... And have Sam Darnold learn behind him, that's um, that's yet to be seen. So we'll see what happens there. They got some great weapons, though, for Sam Darnold. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's coming back. They got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. So they got some weapons there for Sam Darnold. I think he's going to improve greatly. I think they're going to work with him and be patient with him. But finally, Sam Darnold is not in a dysfunctional organization, so couldn't be happier for him. And also, great news, the Jets showed some conviction, which uh, we brought up in the last episode, of needing to make decisions when it comes to their young quarterbacks. Because you can mess with a guy, if they would have kept Sam Darnold and drafted Zach Wilson, then you would have had that whole mental thing of who's the starter, does Sam Darnold play better than Zach Wilson so it's just a way better situation I'm happy the Jets uh, finally uh, made the decision and pulled the trigger on trading Sam Darnold so couldn't be happier uh, for the Jets organization we're going to talk a little bit about uh, where I see the Jets um, and their future uh, their new head coach and I think the Jets will be progressively better this year we'll see how much better We'll see, because what teams have learned in the trend is, and where the trend started really, I believe, is with Baker Mayfield. Now, could have been before that. There's different examples of over the years, but also the Patrick Mahomes, you know, taking Patrick Mahomes, um, and the trend is you take a young quarterback in the draft because you don't have to pay him very high uh, dollar yet. So you know, you you trend upwards a little bit. Um, with being able to secure free agent, wide receivers, spend money in other areas. So the whole building a team works around taking a young quarterback. Now, in some situations, you can sign a bridge player like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Teddy Bridgewater, and take a young quarterback, and you don't have to pay either of them a great amount of salary. And in turn, you have uh, the cap freedom to go out and secure these uh, other players' big names. So the Jets, um, they're in a tough division, no doubt, with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. So, But by doing this, they're setting their team up for success in the future. Now, I'm going to talk about my top players and my top quarterbacks. And 
it's interesting the way the draft is going, but we'll, we'll get into that later, my mock draft and stuff. So the Jets, you know, they, they make the trade and uh, get some great draft capital um, So for the next couple of years. So now moving on to the other team on the other end, the Carolina Panthers, they still have a pick in this year's upcoming draft. And I, I think they're going to go a certain way. I'll talk a little bit about that. But Sam Darnold is definitely set up for success in Carolina. They, they will utilize his athleticism and they will utilize his big play um, X factor if you will. He loves to chuck that that ball down the field, and I think Matt Rule will open that up for him. So the Panthers are sitting in a good spot. Panthers fans should be happy, and I'm just so happy that uh, Sam Darnold goes somewhere and all these teams are actually moving forward and making these trades. So saying all that, I want to segue into this because this kind of plays on another part of the draft um, about teams making decisions. And the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they moved up to the third spot. They still got Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, they are going to take a quarterback, no doubt. And there's debate on who that quarterback will be. Mac Jones, will it be Justin Fields, Trey Lance? There's all these different factors that are playing into what the 49ers are doing. And Kyle Shanahan, I believe, needs to start winning. I mean... You know, they went to Mac Jones Pro Day, um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. So the the pressure's on more so, I think, Kyle Shanahan to start winning some games uh, than anyone else in the organization. He has to uh, put more pieces around a future quarterback. Now, I because they're taking a quarterback, they are, too, going to have uh, extra cap uh, in the coming years to go out and sign players. It's interesting all these teams are following that trend that was set. So the thing is, with Kyle Shanahan, the reason he's more on the hot seat, in my opinion, is because you're in a division with Sean McVay, you know, Pete Carroll, and, you know, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And that division is amazing because... Everyone has been super aggressive, and I talked about these teams being aggressive in the last episode, but these teams have, um, in this division especially, been crazy aggressive with trades, with moves, with you know trading draft picks, getting quarterbacks, and so Kyle Shanahan, he feels like, hey, I'm, you know, the Rams got Matthew Stafford, the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, at least for now. Kyler Murray's up and coming. I, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, might be the fourth best quarterback in my division. I better start uh, making moves. So I'm going to talk about the whole Mac Jones going third. I don't know where this started, honestly, of Mac Jones being a top three quarterback. I don't know, but I think it's ridiculous. I, I do. I, I am one of those people that believe the program you are in defines you a little bit, even though that's not true in some cases. I know there's different situations, and, you know, th- those are all, those play a factor into it. Um, you know, Ohio State, the quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins, 
struggled coming out of Ohio State with Washington. Now, granted, Washington was a dysfunctional organization, but also Ohio State plays that open field spread, fast receivers, gets the ball out. And Alabama, A.J. McCarron, they have a certain system around their quarterbacks. You know, top talent in the country at Alabama. Offensive line, receivers, you know, great receivers to throw to. Tua from Alabama. And we, and Tua is yet to be seen what he can do in the future. But from his first year, just going off of that, he didn't have that second instinct that quarterbacks need right now. You know, that, oh, he's not open, let me scramble, let me make a play. He, it doesn't seem like he has that. And same with A.J. McCarron, didn't have that. And now, you know, Mac Jones is coming out. And, you know, he's got to show that he can do that because he didn't show that in Alabama. But where this whole thing started, if he's a top three quarterback, I don't have him as a top three quarterback at all. I think he relates more to Kyle Trask, honestly, of that tier of quarterbacks. So that'll be in my mock draft later, but I, I truly believe the 49ers will take a different quarterback um, for the simple fact of it doesn't make any sense. Now, I guess Kyle Shanahan's offense, he might feel more comfortable with Mac Jones, mainly because um, Kirk Cousins, he's worked with him, Matt Ryan, and Mac Jones is more of that pocket presence, but he doesn't. To me, he doesn't have that it factor that you need in the NFL right now. And everyone's always trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's a one in a million shot to get one of those guys. But you you can't stop taking the chance. You can't stop trying to find that guy. So I truly believe the 49ers need to take a certain quarterback that I will talk about later in the mock draft. But... The fact that Mac Jones is even in the conversation of a top three quarterback, he wasn't in a top three quarterback like a couple months ago. Nobody had him. And all of a sudden now, he's he's top three quarterback in the draft. Same deal with Zach Wilson. All these guys found their way into the top of their draft class quarterbacks while Justin Fields got pushed out a little bit. Now, we will we'll talk about that. But um, I want to get into this a little bit. There is a lot of drama surrounding Kevin Durant in the last couple weeks. And I believe Kevin Durant put out a half-hearted apology. I don't think Kevin Durant's learned anything from, uh, you know, the past and what he's done with social media. I believe some athletes need to stay off social media, mainly because it can be a trap unless you are 100% um, cautious and knowledgeable and know what you're putting out there. So he got into it with Michael Rappaport and apparently was threatening, um, said all of these things that made Michael Rappaport um, get very like anxious, and he wanted to put it out there online of what happened. But the main point that I'm trying to draw away from this is this is exactly why um, I don't think KD is even on LeBron's level. Now, you know what? Yeah. In those Golden State series, LeBron, uh, LeBron and KD went up against each other. And, of course, Kevin Durant was better than LeBron. But let's be honest. <laughs> LeBron was outmanned and outgunned. He literally did not have any of the weapons or system that Golden State had. Yeah, he had Kyrie Irving and he had Kevin Love. But Kevin Love's not on Clay, Steph's, KD's. 
uh, star power, and three-point shooting efficiency. So what Kevin Durant, I believe what he is so upset about is he went up, I think he's still bitter about it, he went up against LeBron in those finals, and he feels like he's the best player um, to play the game. And I'm sorry, KD, to say it to you, but you're not. You are definitely top five of, of some of the best players to play the game. But where this whole thing went south is when you create burner accounts and when things get brought up about you being insecure about where you are as an NBA player. I 100% believe that he is jealous of LeBron James. I do, because LeBron James has done something that Kevin Durant couldn't do, and that is shut out all of those comments of people who don't matter on social media. LeBron James posts something, and he is 100% confident in what he posts. And he doesn't get involved, create burner accounts, defend himself on social media. But regarding all of that drama, I 100% believe Kevin Durant is just still insecure. It shows that he's insecure. He shouldn't be, you know, defending himself against trolls on the internet. And it came out in his recent events with Michael Rappaport, where, you know, he was threatening, he didn't like the way Michael Rappaport was talking, you know, and, you know, again, I don't know any of the specifics about the conversation, but it just shows you why KD is not on LeBron's, uh, at least, mental level of the game. Now, there are different aspects of LeBron and KD's game, but as far as I'm concerned, KD is on a tier not a tier, but he's a little bit lower on being on LeBron James level. So again, KD, the Brooklyn Nets, I've been in like believer that they are going to have these issues of who's taking the last shot. There's a lot of drama and you've already seen a lot of drama with the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, you know, and granted he could have these family issues that he's dealing with, but come on, he's leaving games KD's saying all this stuff. So far, the least dramatic person is James Harden. So we'll we'll see what, what progresses with the Brooklyn Nets. They are, I believe, going to make it to the finals. But we'll see if they can overcome some of that drama. So Aaron Rodgers, I want to get into this a little bit. He hosted Jeopardy uh, the other night. And Aaron Rodgers is a very smart guy. He's very calculated. He knows what he's uh, going to say. He knows that the direction the Packers are going is not in line with the direction that he's going in his career. So I 100% believe he will not finish his career with the Packers. Uh, And so I'm going to give you three teams that I believe um, he will go to in the future because he won't finish his career with the Packers, I believe. So my three teams, my number one team is the Denver Broncos. Um, If the Denver Broncos can't hit on a quarterback in the draft within the next year or two, I believe we'll see Aaron Rodgers go to the Denver Broncos. That's my number one team. It's a possibility. John Elway likes quarterbacks who can move. I'm sure John Elway sees a lot of himself in Aaron Rodgers. So it is a high possibility, I think, that he will go to the Denver Broncos. If they're not going to hit on a quarterback, it depends if they hit on a quarterback. Granted, this is all speculation of my what I see in the NFL and what's transpiring, but the Broncos, in my opinion, are one of the top spots for Aaron Rodgers if the Packers' relationship stumbles in the next year or two. So 
you know, my number two team then is the San Francisco 49ers. They are definitely going to take a quarterback. And it, all these these three teams that I'm bringing up, it all kind of stems from if they actually hit on a quarterback in the next couple of years. But the 49ers, he's from Cali, went to school at Cal. So he would want to go home and play for the 49ers. I, I'm not sure. I think he was a 49ers fan growing up. I'm not too sure about that. But the fact that he is having all this drama with the Packers and stuff, he, it could be uh, gearing up for a homecoming for Aaron Rodgers. But, again, if they don't hit on a quarterback, if they do, Kyle Shanahan, what he's going to do, that kind of all depends. But Aaron Rodgers could go back, to, go back home and play for the 49ers. So that's my number two team. My number three team is the Las Vegas Raiders. And they have Derek Carr, but, you know, I don't know if John Gruden has all the faith in Derek Carr. I don't. Derek Carr can definitely sling the ball, move. He's kind of mobile. But I think he's the poor man's Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) And I'm not even going to put his name in the same category as Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But again, if they're not going to hit on a quarterback in the draft and Derek Carr, you know, kind of is just steady as the quarterback, I see them moving on and that's my third landing spot for Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers has been very smart in how he's handled the situation with the Packers. He has set himself up, even if the Packers move on, that he's not going to be the bad guy. He's going to be, you know, the Packers didn't want me. They didn't want to, they didn't believe in my talent. They didn't believe in me as a player. I love you, Green Bay. I love you. But, you know, the Packers didn't believe in me. He set himself up with the different words he said, the different things, the motives that he's put out there. So in no way in uh, shape are the Packers going to come out out of this looking like the winner. Aaron Rodgers had a great career with the Packers. He'll play on that, and he will go to another one of these teams and be set up. And I think what he's doing right now is what the... Tom Brady did with the Buccaneers, what Peyton Manning did uh, with the Denver Broncos. He's looking at all these teams, and he's like looking. He's like, who is uh, who's setting themselves up for me in a couple years? Who's who's doing that right now? Let me see. We got Denver. We got 49ers. We got the Raiders. These teams are setting themselves up, and they're getting these different pieces. The it matters about who has the better defense. It matters on who has the offensive weapons, receivers, tight ends. Um, So if you look at what Tom Brady did, he was very smart. And where he went, he analyzed the different teams, just like Peyton Manning did. You know, he's like, maybe maybe he'll go to the Chargers or, you know, the Rams or L.A. But no, Tom Brady was smart. He saw that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the potential to win right away because of their record and coach. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to the Bucks because they give me the best chance to win. And that's the same thing that Peyton Manning did. So what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now is very smart. He's setting himself up uh, to make a big move uh, in a year or two. And I'm here for it because I want to see Aaron Rodgers uh, succeed a little bit. Because it's crazy that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, these the never-was dynasties, <laughs> they only have two Super Bowls to show for it, for those two guys. That's sad. It really is. And I don't know if it's because the Packers, you know, they don't have like an official owner or they're in the Midwest and, you know, in the Midwest, people are just like, eh, we don't, not going to take that risk. But 
it matters if you're aggressive. And right now, Aaron Rodgers sees that the Packers are not aggressive. And it's it's upsetting to him because he wants to be there. He wanted to win more Super Bowls. But, you know, you have no one to blame but yourself, Green Bay. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is is saying to you. And, you know, that kind of plays into the Russell Wilson situation. I think they're going to patch things up this year. But Russell Wilson will no doubt uh, be on the move, I think, too, in the next couple of years just because the he sees that he's in one of the you know toughest divisions and the Seahawks they're aggressive but they haven't been aggressive in the right ways that Russell would like so Russell Wilson will definitely do something too these quarterbacks they're smart they're uh, enthusiastic they want to win they want some control and what Tom Brady did is uh he's like they see it he comes in he's like yeah I want that guy I want Gronk I want Antonio Brown give me him and the Buccaneers like whatever you want Tom whatever you want and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they want to win, and they want that control. And I think, you know, the quarterback, if you were on that level like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and like a Patrick Mahomes, you should have some of that control. Teams should acknowledge what you want. They should, to a certain extent. Because if if you have a great player like that, like a generational talent you don't get those all the time because look at all the quarterbacks that come into the draft and that are busts. You don't get generational talent. Listen to them, take their advice on some things, give them a little bit of control because that's good for your business as an NFL team. That's good to have happy employees. So changes are coming in the next couple of years for the NFL. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, no doubt these changes are going to happen and it's exciting to see. So now we're going to talk a little bit about my quarterbacks for this draft. Before we get into my mock draft, I want to uh, talk a little bit about what's happened with the quarterbacks moving up and down in this draft. I got to be honest, it's kind of confusing to me how the whole draft process works and how these quarterbacks move up and down in the draft. I, I don't understand it because at one point it was... Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and, you know, they're the top two guys, and then all of a sudden Zach Wilson moves into number two, and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, you know? So we're going to get into that in my top quarterbacks. We talked a little bit about who the 49ers are going to take earlier in the uh, show, Uh, but my number one, my top five quarterbacks, it's pretty simple. Trevor Lawrence is number one. He has been since he's been at Clemson. And he's shown us what he has. He is number one. That's not changing. I have some doozies that are going to throw some people off in my top five uh, quarterbacks. But no doubt, Trevor Lawrence is the number one guy. That's not changing. That's pretty much set in stone. And yes, Justin Fields has been number two on a lot of pe- on a lot of people's lists. But what I base my number five, uh, top five quarterback lists off of is what I see, that second instinct, those X-factor traits. So everyone has Justin Fields as the number two. And granted, over the the years, Justin Fields has shown he should be the number two. So I got Trevor Lawrence, my one. My second one, this is going to surprise some people, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I believe, has that X-factor quality. He's big, he's strong, he's mobile. He's my number two. 
I do think Trey Lance has the physical traits that you want in a quarterback. Not saying Justin Fields doesn't, but Trey Lance is my number two quarterback. I believe he is he is going he has Patrick Mahomes qualities. And that's why teams are considering him as their number three. But I have him as number two. I do. And Justin Fields is my number three. So Justin Fields just moves down a spot. I, I don't I don't have Justin Fields like fourth like some people do. <laughs> I have Justin Fields at three because I do think he showed a little bit of struggles there in his final games. But Justin Fields is my number three. So the the comp for Justin Fields is Deshaun Watson. And I, I kind of see that. I see the, the same traits. So Justin Fields is number number three. And guys, Zach Wilson is my number four quarterback. I don't know where this whole thing started with Zach Wilson moving up so much that he is now the number two quarterback. It blows my mind. It, it blows my mind. Because the top three guys that you were hearing about at the beginning was Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, those three. And all of a sudden, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson have somehow worked their way into the top three, and it, it blows my mind. Zach Wilson is my number four quarterback, and that's just what I've seen. That's just what the the facts tell me. I don't know if he, and everyone freaks out about pro days and how he throws the ball. Look at how he's throwing. Yeah, not in pads to his receivers, you know, in the state he plays in, in a familiar um, location. Of course he's going to make the throws. That, that he needs to make. So he's my number four quarterback, and Mac Jones is my number fifth. And this is important as we're going to talk about my mock draft. I wanted to get my top five uh, quarterbacks out there, Mac Jones, you know, and then we got Kyle, Kurt, uh, Tra- Kyle Trask as my number six. So let's go ahead then. The time has finally come that this podcast makes full circle with the theme of this episode, and that's my mock draft. And I'm going to go ahead and we're going to, do the first top 10 uh, picks in the draft. Uh, We're not going to do the full round of the first round. We're just going to do the top 10, and we're going to talk a little bit about what teams need. We're going to segue into different uh, topics of what teams need. So buckle up, because we are off. So with the number one pick in the NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence. Nothing has changed when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. He is still the number one talent in the draft out of Clemson. (laughs) You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars can say we're doing our due diligence. We're looking at all of our options. We're not a lock, but it is a a lock that Trevor Lawrence is going number one uh, to Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm happy for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to have great success in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Uh, We'll see what weapons they put around him in the coming years. But he is a lock at number one. The New York Jets. This is where things get interesting. I don't have too much to say about Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's all set. But the New York Jets, everyone has them taking Zach Wilson. And I think they'll stick with that pick. I think they're going to go with Zach Wilson. Even though I have him as my fourth best quarterback, for some reason, he has shot up to the number two spot. And (laughs) for some reason, they want to put all their stock in uh, Zach Wilson. If it was me... I would change directions right now and go Trey Lance. If it was me, I would just be like, you know what? Something isn't right here. Go Trey Lance. They should go Trey Lance at number two, but they won't. They will go Zach Wilson. 
the San Francisco 49ers. I don't have them taking Mac Jones. I think going to Mac Jones's uh, pro day was maybe like, hey, come on, let's go. We're going to throw people off uh, because we don't want them knowing the next quarterback we're taking. But the quarterback they are taking at that number three spot, I believe, is Justin Fields. Big, strong, mobile. You know, he went to Ohio State, and even though even though that system is catered to quarterbacks throwing the ball down the field, big plays, spread offense, I genuinely believe that Justin Fields will go three to the 49ers. You can't take a quarterback like Mac Jones in that division. Everyone can move in that division. They need to move the pocket with uh, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields is going three to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> it has been reported now for the number fourth pick that the Atlanta Falcons would love to trade out of that pick. They would love to because they have Matt Ryan, new coach coming in. I see them trading out of that pick. I do. I see them trading back to the number nine pick with the Denver Broncos. And who do I see the Broncos taking at number four? I see the Broncos taking Trey Lance. They move up. They get their quarterback, Trey Lance. Even though I have Trey Lance as my second quarterback, I think he's going to fall to the third quarterback taken. The Broncos move up to four. They get their quarterback because Drew Locke hasn't shown what he needs to show. John Elway sees a little bit of himself in Trey Lance, maybe that Patrick Mahomes quality. They finally get in the race for top quarterback in their division, or you know, top second, because Patrick Mahomes is obviously going to be the top one in that division. So the Broncos get Trey Lance at number four. The Atlanta Falcons trade out because they've made it uh, known that they don't mind trading out of the top five. So the Cincinnati Bengals at five, it's been debated whether they'll go Kyle Pitts or offensive lineman, but what they saw last year was they need to protect their number one asset, and that's Joe Burrow. They have a lot of holes at offensive line, so I think they will go Panay Sewell at offensive line. They will sure up their offensive line. You know, Kyle, they have some people have them taking Kyle Pitts. I don't see it because they have those needs at uh, offensive line. So Kyle Pitts falls to the number sixth. That's the Miami Dolphins. They get Kyle Pitts, one of the best tight ends I've seen in a while, a weapon for Tua to try and get Tua uh, jump started, get him going. So they're going to definitely take Kyle Pitts, I believe, with that sixth pick. And they should. They need to get weapons for Tua. They need to lock him in a little bit and get him uh, more uh, confident in the pocket, making throws downfield. So they're, they're going to try and do whatever they can to improve uh, Tua's abilities. So Kyle Pitts goes to the Dolphins. The Detroit Lions pick seventh. I believe Jamar Chase will go to the Lions, one of the best receivers in this draft class. So they'll get a weapon for Jared Goff, their new quarterback. And the Detroit Lions will have a great receiver. So now the number eighth spot, the Carolina Panthers. Um, they <laughs> traded for Sam Darnold. They're obviously not going to take a quarterback at this spot. So they will now be taking Rashawn Slater, offensive uh, tackle, to protect Sam Darnold because they need to protect the guy they just <laughs> gave up a few picks for. So the Carolina Panthers uh, will take an offensive tackle, and I believe that is their best move. They 
they can do taking an offensive tackle, uh, you know, overtaking a wide receiver. They already got a few weapons, so they're going to go ahead and take an offensive tackle. Now, the Atlanta Falcons traded back to the number nine uh, pick in the draft. So the Atlanta Falcons now have that number nine pick, and I believe they're going to get another weapon for Matt Ryan, and that is Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. They're going to go ahead and make that pick and uh, sure up uh, that receiver spot even more to try and get that uh, offense set up for Matt Ryan and their new head coach, Arthur Smith. So the number 10 pick, and the Dallas Cowboys will be taking Patrick Sertin II out of Alabama. The Dallas Cowboys need to get that offensive line shirt up. And so that that's going to be, I think, what the Dallas Cowboys do. And that's my top 10 picks of the NFL draft. And everyone's like, well, where's Mac Jones going to go? I think Mac Jones will fall to the New England Patriots at 12. I think the Patriots move up a couple spots, a few spots. They will take Mac Jones and they will say, hey, this is our guy for the future, pocket guy. We're going to make it work. Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, they got their what they believe is their next Tom Brady. I don't know if Mac Jones will translate to the NFL as well. Uh, no one really knows. But the fact that Mac Jones made his way all the way up to the number three pick is baffling to me. I, I, I can't make sense of it. And, you know, even after Mac Jones, there's Kyle Trask. And I think Kyle Trask is going to be a decent pick. Some notable mentions, though, because I want to bring up who my Washington football team will take. And I believe they will go defense with their pick. At number 19, I think they're going to take Caleb Farley, a cornerback. They're going to even bolster that defense even more. And that defense will be scary for teams to face in uh, next season in 2021. So that's my my top picks of the you know draft, top 10. And again, I don't know how it started where all of a sudden these quarterbacks have moved up to the spots they have. But teams... You know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And the fans just have to sit back and hope for the best. Hopefully these teams make the right decisions and you don't have the Mitchell Trubisky situation where they could have taken Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky's now as a backup. So hopefully that doesn't happen for some uh, of these NFL teams. It's very exciting. We're going to see the NFL draft at the end of this month. And that's uh, pretty much our episode for today. Uh, covered a lot of great things great topics i believe and i want to thank everyone for listening um i would love it if uh, you could hit that subscribe button uh leave a review of uh, what you think of the podcast um and i've i've enjoyed talking to you guys about sports so um thank you everyone for listening this has been pass it to patrick and uh, have a great day